Well, hello again, everybody out there. This is your favourite pastor, Iris. I know I'm your favourite pastor because I keep coming back to talk to you. Oh, there's something wrong there, isn't it? You haven't invited me. Oh, well, I hope I'm your favourite pastor. And we've still got Florence in the studio with us today. And we're going to um, pick up where we left off last time. But, you know, it's what God says that matters. Let me just read this, this bit of scripture to you. And David said in his heart, now I shall perish someday by the hand of Saul. He was complaining. But then in Psalm 56, verse 3, he says, whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you. So let's take it from there. It's not always easy to trust, but we must. Remember the old praise song, trust in the Lord and don't despair. There are times when, like David, our level of trust drops and we begin to despair. And David says, now I shall perish one day by the hand of Saul. But based on God's promises, he had no grounds for thinking like that. Because two years later, Saul was dead and David was king. And his anointing to be king had been confirmed over and over and over and over again, even by his enemy. King Saul. So there's no doubts. Uh, by now, there should be no doubts in his mind casting a shadow over his trust. He knew that, the, that God was God. And what God said mattered. So maybe he was asking himself, how long was the situation going to last? And wondering how much longer he could hold on. The way David was thinking, it seems like he was planning for perishing, but God had greater plans. In God's plan, he was in training for reigning. That's not rain as in falling from the sky. He was in training for reigning as king. Well, praise God, eventually trust was restored and he was able to say, whatever I am afraid, whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you. Perishing was not his destiny, neither is it ours. God's word tells us that because of our faith in Christ, we shall not perish but have eternal life in John 3, 16. And in Christ, we are people of destiny, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a royal, a holy, uh, sorry, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him and me too, who called us out of darkness into his marvellous light, as 1 Peter 2, verse 9. Well, in the book of Psalms, the word trust is used over a 100 times, mostly by David. But later in life, he was able to affirm in Psalm 125, verse 1, those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be shaken. So what are you saying in your heart today? Because you can be encouraged and be confident in this very thing that he that has begun a good work in you will surely complete it. Philippians 1 verse 6. After all, it's what God says that matters. He says he loves us, cares us for us, and that his plans for us are for good and not for evil. And that means we have to again come back to the point of the disciplines in some of the things that, that we're called to do and looking at our hearts and looking on the inside of ourselves to make sure, make sure 
we have 100% sold out for Jesus because he's coming soon, isn't he, Florence? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, definitely. Definitely. I think what you're pointing out there is about trust in the Lord. And it's about remembering what God had said because David had a promise from the Lord. The Lord had anointed him regardless of what Samuel was doing. You know, he, the Lord had already made up his mind that David was going to be king. So you are absolutely right that um, we need to learn to trust. But that's where that discipline comes in. What do we trust? We go back again to the word of God. You know, we trust in what God has said. And that is what we hold on to. And that's why the discipline of quiet time, reading your word every morning, hearing what God is saying on a daily basis is very important because we can forget what the Lord is saying. You know, Psalm 148, is it three or 143, eight says, um, let the word bring me, let, let, let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love for I have put my trust in you. So it's like late every morning remind me of the things that you have spoken over my life. Let every morning remind me that you are a God who is faithful. But we cannot do that unless we are disciplined and we make up our mind to actually have time with the Lord on a daily basis and hear what he is saying. And I think if he, and it's easy to forget, David was very close to the Lord. He was. Yes. And yet he faces this temptation. He forgets. He, he wants to run. He's forgotten what God has said. He wants to run to the land of the Philistines. You know? mm -hmm. And it happens to us when we walk with the Lord, we get promised a lot of things. And because we don't remind ourselves of what God has said, mm -hmm. when we are faced with the temptation, we want to run. Yeah, it sounds like David was really worn down and weary, doesn't it? Mm. And that's mm. when the enemy really strikes at us. He does. Yeah, I think he the does. biggest discipline there is that we have to stay in the word. That has to be our guide every day, right from the beginning of the day, doesn't it? Absolutely. You say a word there, you said David was worn down. Mm. He was wearied. Mm. And do you know, that is a key word. Right now, in this season of COVID. Absolutely. People are wearied, you know, yeah. especially the mothers out there. My heart goes out to you. You know, I really give you a big shout this morning, ladies. They are having to be teachers. Yeah. They are having to be housewives. They are having to be mothers. And they are having to be wives, all in one, and they are working. And so, they're shopping, aren't they? They've got to go out there in the, in all of this. I know, in, uh, and those are the things 
that could worry us mm -hmm. especially in this in this season so it's very important for us to take some self-care time you know just to take time in the evening when you have done everything just to sit down and rest because it's when we are worried that we react and do not respond because that's what David was doing. He was reacting and not responding. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So we we need to be we we need to really rest in the Lord. And it's that being grounded in his promises, which are in his word, that is what is going to cause us to be able to rest that's and good. live in his word. Yeah. Where, where do you see, uh, what other disciplines do you see or, or do you feel in your spirit are the ones that oh. could be missing in this day and age? Well, I suppose in this era, isn't it? Because we, <laughs> life has just so changed. Come on. The Bible says there will be toing and froing and, and goodness knows what going on. And it's the pace of life is so quick. Yeah. No sooner thought of something than it becomes knowledge. I know. I know. Today, what happens today, tomorrow, it's gone, finished. No one even remembers it. But I, I think that this, that quiet time discipline, that intentional 30 to one hour every day, just coming and refusing to actually be distracted or do anything, coming in, reading your word, and then using the word to pray. Because mm -hmm. I think sometimes we pray out of God's will or out of context because we don't understand God's heart and we don't understand God's will for us and we don't have any promises that we can hold on to. We just pray anyhow. Whereas if we spend time in the word and we allow the word to inform our prayers, then we pray in line with the word of God. Mm -hmm. But what that hour does as well, it grounds us. When there is a lot of worry going on, when there is a lot of activity that is going on, when we intentionally take ourselves away from that activity, we get grounded. Do you know, I was actually looking at, um, at the, the, the discipline of prayer. You know, Jesus prayed all the time. You know, and at one point it talks of him praying all night, you know, alone. And whenever he finished ministering, he would go and he would pray. And I think that was one way of grounding himself mm -hmm. and reminding himself of how dependent he was on God. So when we take that time and actually read the word and pray, we remind ourselves, we ground ourselves, we remove ourselves from the worry, from the lies of the enemy, from the noise of the world and everything that is going on, 
we bring ourselves deliberately before God and intentionally choose to hear what God is saying that morning. Yeah. And he did, I think he was at Mark 135, says early in the morning, Jesus rose and went to a solitary place yeah. to pray. Yeah. If the master needed it, how much more? Absolutely. How much more do we need that solitary time yeah. just with us and him? That's right. I think that's why God gave or Jesus gave us something interesting here in the Lord's Prayer, mm. because that covers everything. When the disciples said, give us a prayer. But, you know, it was often the rabbi would be rather something like in a district, like the parish priest, if you like. Yeah. And the, the congregation would, you know, come to them or the people in the synagogue would follow this rabbi. Yeah. And it's the rabbi who would make the prayers. And so uh -huh. when they asked Jesus to give them a prayer, that would have yeah. been a traditional Jewish thing to have. So Jesus gave them his own type of prayer. But would you realize that that Lord's prayer is actually Jewish? Uh -huh. It's actually, when you look at the Hebrew side of things, it's actually a Jewish prayer. And they pray, the way they pray, they're, because their words because they have a lot of words for, for one word, a root word, yeah. which means a lot of things. Yeah. And, and yeah. they'll take a sentence. I've got the proof of that. And it is absolutely beautiful that sentence for sentence, that's what it means. And I think we are so fortunate to have that prayer because after all, Jesus was Jewish. And he's teaching his disciples. His disciples were Jewish. So when you come to that point, of following Jesus, then we are given that one prayer. And in following that, then you are definitely spot on in what Jesus is saying. We don't need all the others if we're going to walk in belief and faith, do we, from what the Lord's Prayer says? No, no. Actually, it encompasses everything that we need, mm. you know. First, it reminds us, I like, I would like to spend time with you, with you in the Lord's Prayer, actually, because yeah. first and foremost, you could actually live on the Lord's Prayer. Yes. You know, first, it reminds you, our Father, who mm -hmm. art in heaven. So can you imagine you come first thing in the morning, yeah. If you're practicing that discipline of spending time in the in the word through a quiet time, the first thing you would do when you have read your word is to say and remind yourself That's that right. the God who created heaven and earth, yeah. the omnipresent God, the most powerful God, the almighty one who holds everything in his hand, mm. the one who was, who is, and who is yet to come, the father of yeah. our Lord Jesus Christ is actually my dad. That's right. That's right. That is powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you come and you go, our father, the first thing that reminds you is that you are a child. Yeah. You have a father. 
you belong. Someone cares for you. That, that prayer is powerful. And if you were worried and you were concerned, just coming and just meditating on the fact that we are not orphans. Mm. We have a father. That's right. And that father cares for us. That's right. Very very powerful. Very powerful. And that's where the grounding comes when we have um, our quiet time. It reminds us of who we are. It reminds us of who is on our side. And it reminds us of all that has been spoken over us and all the promises yeah. that we can claim. That's right. And that which we can ask. That's right. We're actually speaking to God in his own language, yeah. aren't we? And yeah. God will listen because it's a God-given prayer. If Jesus yeah. spoke it. And when you yeah. look back through the Jewishness of Jesus um, and, what, and how, how, how the Jewish religion, if you like, operated, you can see that that is a very special prayer, but it's actually... Jewish the Jew, the, it's a Hebrew prayer and I think that really when when God says that he has grafted us in we're grafted into that vine even though the branch that was cut off is was the Jewish branch at this time at that time you know the way we are grafted in he's we even we are even grafted into Jewishness aren't we you can't take something that you won't grow oranges on one side and lemons on the other side of that graft the branches if you do any grafting in your garden with a tree or any other plant in other words you can graft something onto a, a live root that's had all the branches hacked off and grow maybe another style of tree then but if you graft it into the root what is in the root is going to come up and blossom in the tree you will have a mixture wouldn't you you wouldn't have it all one way if you like yeah, i suppose so you know i would have to get my head round that one because what what um what, it is true that jesus's culture was jewish and he was born um by jewish um parents and raised in a in a jewish culture but what i really find most helpful for me because when i go down that route mm. i find that i then begin to get all or all, all lost and things like that i like romans 1 16 where where Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Amen. For it is the power of God for salvation. Yeah. First for the Jew and then the Gentile. That's right. So which means that even if we are grafted into Christ, who was a Jew himself, our grafting is the spiritual grafting. Mm. We are grafted into the Son of God. Yeah, exactly. And that is what matters most. We are grafted into the Son of God, who was raised 
by uh, by a, 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 a Jewish couple, young people that were given the responsibility of raising him, giving him a home, giving him a culture. But finally, Jesus transcends all cultures. Mm-hmm. He really does. And, uh, and, and it's important for us to remember that even if he came from a culture, Jesus transcends all cultures. He he is relevant in the English culture. He is relevant in my culture. He is relevant in your culture. Mm -hmm. And what we gain by being grafted into him, I would like to think is the Zoe life. That life of God is what we get grafted into. That's right. Yeah, we pick up some of the cultures and things like that as we go along. But the main thing is we are grafted into Jesus, the son of God. Amen. Amen. Jesus, the son of Joseph or Mary, no, but Jesus, the son of the most eternal God. I find that very exciting. It is, absolutely. I mean, at the same time, those are the things that Jesus followed and all his disciples followed that. That's the point I'm making. Mm. Jesus' disciples followed those customs because they were God-given customs. And Mm. if we are to go into all the world and make disciples of people, Mm -hmm. that isn't to change somebody's religion to Christianity, as we said earlier, it is to to share the gospel. It's the gospel that people don't know or haven't heard, which incidentally has already been preached. I think it, it completed last year. If it wasn't last year, we'll complete this year into every little scrap of the universe. Wow. You know, the, the figures show. But the... Yeah, that 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 cultural side of things. So if we're following Jesus, we should do what Jesus did. And it's a discipline. We you can't have a discipline that that says, okay, we'll do that, but we'll we'll do it this way, because that is what split the the Jew and the Gentiles. Because the Gentiles came in saying, Oh, you know, you've got to do this and you've got to do that. And the Jew said, hang on a minute. It came from us, you know, and, and it caused a real upheaval between the Jew and the Gentile. So now you have the Gentiles doing their Sunday and you have the, the, the Jews still doing their synagogue bit. So it, it is a deep subject. We won't go there today because we haven't got time. But the whole, the whole, I know you're itching to say something here, aren't you, Florence? Go on then. <laughs> I, you know, I, I am, I am. I really am. It is a deep subject. And I think that maybe it's probably a subject that needs to be dealt with on its own. Yeah. Um, coming from the culture that I come from, I, I believe that Christianity is a culture on its own. And there are some Christian traditions that we adopt when we become Christians because we are Christians. Mm-hmm. 
And if you look at uh, Peter, when the Lord said to Peter, Peter, you know, get up, kill and eat. Peter was saying, ah, no, 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 no. I'm a Jew. I'm a Jew. I don't eat this rubbish you're asking me to kill and eat. No, I'm a Jew. Mm -hmm. You know, and Jesus was preparing Peter for the ministry that he was going to get into, which was the ministry to the Gentiles. Yeah. And there is a sense in which because the, there are so many different cultures here mm -hmm. uh, on earth, we need to understand what it means to be a Christian. You know, because there are a lot of cultures, there are a lot of traditions that are contrary to the way of Christ. And that's why we as, uh, as followers of Christ, as the disciples of Christ, we need to have an understanding yes, very of much so. what that way is mm -hmm. yeah. and, and, and focus on that. That's right. Know? That's right. And perhaps that's yeah. never really been explored and taught in its fullness over the centuries mm. as well. I mean, Christians didn't come into, into being as Christians with that title until much, much later after Jesus was crucified, for instance. But it means, simply means follower of Christ, doesn't it? In, that, in, yeah. that, in our, inter, our interpretation of it. But it's really at the same time, it's what God says that matters. And the point that we were making earlier is that Jesus prayed. And when you think about the stress that he was must have been under to sweat blood, he didn't mm -hmm. want to go to the cross. Yeah. I mean, the physical fear of that, what Jesus must have experienced, mm -hmm. the stress of that, knowing that he was going to be put to death and how he was going to be put to death. Yeah. I don't think I, I, I don't think I would be able to cope with that. No. You know, yeah. but he took yeah. it to the Lord so that he could get through this awful, awful situation yeah. and would rather, rather maybe point to people who are terminally ill, even in what mm -hmm. they're facing without Jesus as well. Yeah. 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 Again, he used the prayer to ground himself. Yeah. He used the prayer to remind himself why he was on earth. In, uh, and I, I think that is really the point of that discipline of prayer and how it needs to be a discipline that is born out of living in the word and having an understanding of what God says. And then as we have an understanding of that, what God says, we pray in line with what we have understood. Like you said, with the, with the Lord's prayer, you know, if, if, you're, if you are confident in the fact that God is your father, the way you approach him in prayer. Exactly is yeah. different yeah. is different because you know you are approaching a father you know that discipline of prayer john 15 7 says um if you remain in me 
and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. That's right. So it, it, it's conditional, isn't it? Again, it, it, it goes to show that we need to know the word. That's right. Because it's when the word remains in us that we can ask in line with the word. And then whatever we ask for will be given us. That's right. That's so, where your faith grows, isn't it? Yes. As well. Absolutely. Especially when you get the answers. Yes. So the yes. discipline is learning the scriptures? The discipline is the, uh, living in the word, mm -hmm. memorizing the word and me meditating on the word is a discipline. Yeah. But it's a discipline that cannot be born out of nothing. We've got to be a people that take time to read the word, understand the word, and assimilate the word in our lives. Remember Joshua 1 verse 8 said, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Oh, that's right. Meditate on it. Mm. Meditating is thinking about it, reading it, applying it. What does that mean? You know, and checking those important words. And then what does that mean to me? What does that mean for me? How does that apply to this, 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 um, this situation that I am in? So it's reading, studying, meditating, memorizing. All those things will help us hide the word in our heart. Because remember Psalm 119, verse 9 and 11, the psalmist says, that is David, he said, I have hidden your way. How can a young man, he says, how can a young man keep his way pure? And then he says, by hiding your word in his heart. I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. So the word works to prevent us from sinning. Mm. It prospers us. It comforts us. It reminds us of who God is and what he has done in our lives. The word grounds us. It keeps us safe in the Lord. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Mm -hmm. So we've learned another discipline today. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we, we, we have another few minutes left, Florence. We've probably got about five minutes of airtime left. Okay. Um, I, I don't want to go... I don't want to go into... Um, in, well, we have got time to go into another discipline, but I didn't want to break it and then have to start something else on the next session. And this is just for the benefit of our viewers, because I think it's very important to understand we've got to come back to the beginning and say we're pressing in. We're yes. definitely pressing in on what or how we feel that the Holy Spirit is leading so that we can encourage some people out there spiritually mm. and freshly with fresh manner and it's in waiting on the holy spirit that that will happen 
because one of the things that Jesus or the Bible actually says is I am with you always in Matthew 28 verse 20. And I think maybe in the next session, we might explore that verse as children of God, because we can rely on his care and guidance, can't we, throughout the year. Mm -hmm. But above all, God is able with lockdowns and all the other things that are going on. But praise him. He's able. He saves us. He keeps us. Mm -hmm. We certainly need this blessing and assurance today. And Jude has got a punchy, practical, truth-filled letter. And in it, he addresses to all of us. It is written to those who are called, sanctified by God the Father, and preserved Mm -hmm. in Jesus Christ. Well, that's us. That's you. Yeah. That's in verse two of that book. But that introduction alone causes our faith to rise and our hearts to rejoice and our lips to praise. This is not airy-fairy, clap-happy presumption. It is fact-filled truth. In Christ, we are called to be God's own people, and by his grace, we are preserved. That takes discipline, and that is what we're, we're studying in these sessions currently. Mm. So for today, we're going to leave it where it is, and we'll be back very, very soon, because I know that the Holy Spirit is stirring both our hearts, and he is going to come up with something that is going to really cheer you up, fill you up, and set you on the right path. So we will be back, won't we, Florence? Yes, we will. See you soon. Definitely be back. Bye-bye for now, everybody.